Do you need help with your journey following Jesus? Has your Bible reading brought up some interesting questions? Um, I, I need a prayer request. Is I've heard um, pastors talk about you can't get to heaven just with good deeds. I was just wondering what you guys think. Is, the, is there a correlation between the seventh trumpet and Revelations as the last trumpet, or is he talking about some other trumpet? Finally, a place to get answers. We're ready to take your prayer request and answer your Bible questions. Call in at 303-690-3000. Let's join Calvary Live right now. And welcome everyone who has tuned in to Calvary Live. So glad that you've joined us for today's program. We do welcome you and we also invite you to call in at 303-690-3000 for the call-in number to ask your questions and to give your prayer requests. My name is Jeff Figs of Calvary Chapel Greeley here in northern Colorado, and I am here to take your questions and your prayer requests. I'll be your host for this hour. We only have an hour together, and it goes by quickly, so I would grab one of those open lines right now as you're listening. As we begin the program, as soon as the phone calls come in, we'll go to the phone lines. 303-690-3000 is the call-in number. So welcome, everyone who's listening on Grace FM. You're listening live on this Tuesday um, as we are ending June, uh, it is the 29th of June, and so glad. Um, you know, it's amazing, isn't it, that the year is half over. We're heading into the 4th of July weekend, of course. Uh, where did the first six months of the year go? It just went by so quickly, and and it seems like the second half of the year goes even quicker. So um, amazing how time just flies by. Uh, they say the days are long, but the years are are fast, and in short, and it seems that way as the older you get. So we welcome you. Pray you're doing well this summer. Uh, pray that you have a blessed holiday weekend coming up as we celebrate the birth of our nation. Lots to pray about. Want to just uh, let you know that here at Calvary Greeley, uh, we're going to have one service. We got the Greeley Stampede going on up here in Greeley, and it's gone on for, for every year for I don't know how long, um, many many years, and many decades. And last year, of course, with COVID uh, hitting um, every everything and everyone, and uh, they didn't have it and canceled it, but they're back on having the stampede. So many people along the front range in our listening area uh, come up to the Greeley stampede. It will be going on till 4th of July. If you're in the area um, and you're coming up for the 4th of July, the uh, rodeos and things like that for the Greeley Stampede, Stampede. We'd love to have you stop by for our Sunday service. We're actually only going to do one service, an outdoor service, uh, at nine thirty. We we normally our normal schedule is eight, nine thirty, and eleven o'clock. Three morning services, but this Fourth of July only, we are going to have our nine thirty service, and we're going to have an outdoor service and. Uh, so we'd love for you to stop by, say hello uh, before you begin your activities at the Greeley Stampede, and come and say hello. Let us know that you listen to us, you're listening to our radio program, uh, that you listen to us on Calvary Live. Uh, we'd love to meet you and your family. So 9.30, we're easy to find. Check out our website, calvarychapelgreeley.org, that's O-R-G, for directions. And uh, we uh, would love to just have you join us for our service. I'm going to be teaching, actually, from Psalm 33. And let me read a little bit of it uh, for you. That the Lord brings uh, the counsel of the nations to nothing. He makes the plans of the peoples of no effect. The counsel of the Lord stands forever. 
the plans of his heart to all generations. Blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord, the people he has chosen as his own inheritance. And we're going to be uh, looking at that psalm. We're going to be praying for our nation. Uh, we know that, as uh, we have talked about going through Ezekiel on Wednesday night, in Ezekiel 33, verse 20, that the Lord told Ezekiel that he's looking for one. He's looking for for the person who will stand in the gap of the broken wall. And there's a lot of broken things in our nation, and we need to stand in the gap and be praying. So I'd love to meet you uh, and uh, come join us for that. So welcome all of you listening on Grace FM along the Front Range this afternoon. Pray you're well. And um, everyone from Pueblo and Fountain and Colorado Springs, 101.7, and then 89.7 in northern Colorado up into southern Wyoming. Love to hear from you. we got all open lines right now. 303-690-3000 is the call-in number, and there's a text line, too. You can text a question or a prayer request, and that is 720-336-0897. And I know that a lot of people are busy and people are out uh, camping, people are out getting away. That seems to be what's taking place this summer, uh, kind of making up for from last year when uh, a lot of people were at home and couldn't get out. People are traveling and, and, and activities are opening up and things are opening up, and that's a blessing. And we just pray uh, that you are safe, and as you get out, always remember that up here in northern Colorado, a lot of people go camping up in the Red Feathers area in Estes Park and uh, up Poudre Canyon and then uh, Rocky Mountain National Park, even up in the snowies of Wyoming, west of Laramie, you can take Grace FM with you. It's a powerful signal. You can listen to it, and uh, it's a tremendous blessing. And I do a lot of fishing up in that area, and, and it's great to be able to listen to Grace FM on the way to wherever I'm going and in that area and in the mountains. And uh, so take the Lord with you. Take Grace FM with you as you're headed out. But again, we pray that you're safe. want to welcome also all those who are listening in on Hope FM and Truth FM on the East Coast. Uh, we, we are so grateful to be a part of your lives and uh, for technology to connect us together. As you're listening to Calvary Live, uh, you are a week delayed, but you can call in at that number I just gave to you. And by the way, we got all open lines. This is your show, waiting for you to call and uh, to have the conversation. We can go to... Uh, text questions, but really the heart of the show is to have that conversation over the airwaves. So give me a call. Maybe there's a question that you have been uh, wondering about or wanting to ask, and maybe the other shows, the lines were full or you, you were on hold or um, you couldn't hold any longer, but this is a great time. Grab an open line because they're all open right now. But those of you listening on Truth and Hope FM, you are week delayed, even though you can call at 303-690-3000, the text line 720-336-0897, and let's see what the Lord has for us today. Uh, online listeners, you can call anywhere in the country, uh, whether you're on the West Coast, the East Coast, um, we have listeners online, the mobile app, Grace FM mobile app, the Grace FM website. Uh, on your computer, and you can give us a call. We can have that conversation. So love to talk to you and uh, and just converse with you. As I said, that as we're closing the first half of the year, uh, heading into the 4th of July, we're in the heart of summer. And I just want to encourage you that it is a time where we get away, we, we uh, get rest, uh, we 
uh, get away to be renewed and refreshed in the Lord. But uh, I tell you, the ultimate, ultimate way to be refreshed is just to spend time with Him. And when we do go on vacations, when we do get away, uh, to take your Bible with you. Uh, have devotions with your family uh, if you're up camping. Uh, if you're visiting somewhere, to go visit a church and be in fellowship with other believers. Uh, it's such a blessing for us to be able to do that. And be safe as you drive and take your time and um, and enjoy that time away. We need to be refreshed and renewed and and um, and to get away from the routines and work and pressures of everything. And I know it's the time of year where we're doing that. Hey, we still got all open lines, and so give me a call at 303-690-3000 is the number to call. Love for you to be able to talk and um, to be able to um, ask your questions, your prayer requests uh, that you have that are on your heart. Uh, there is one text question that has come in, so we're going to start with that. And it is uh, what advice, any advice that you have uh, to encourage my friend to go to church. And I think it's great, first of all, whoever uh, texts that in, there's no name to it. Uh, but I think it's important that we invite people to church. I think it was Greg Glory. I was telling my congregation this uh, not too long ago, but I heard uh, Greg Glory on Grace FM. He was talking about the research that they've done is that 80% of Christians have never invited anyone to church. And we have opportunity to bring somebody to church. Matter of fact, I've told our congregation, bring them to church and I'll give the gospel. And I give opportunities for people to respond to the gospel at our services. So bring them. And um, I think that, you know, as we invite people and they become hesitant, uh, number one is to pray, to pray that the Lord would just soften their hearts for them to come and to, uh, you know, just pray that, Lord, that you would prompt their hearts to come, because we make a lousy Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit can do that work in prompting someone to come and, and putting on their hearts to come as we invite them. But there's some other practical things that you can do. Tell them that you'll take them to lunch afterwards. Uh, I'll take you to lunch. You know, We'll uh, get something to eat, uh, have some time of fellowship, or uh, you know, you invite me to lunch. Hey, I'm there if food's involved. Um, there are other uh, things that you can do. Uh, maybe perhaps you might say, hey, if if you're a little hesitant, you're not sure about the teaching or whatever, go to the website and uh, listen to a few teachings or whatever the case may be. But the key is to pray, and the key is not to be pushy, not to be manipulative, not to be forceful of it, but just simply keep that invitation open, be praying that the Lord will prompt them to come, and, and encourage them to come uh, because you care and uh, and to be able to uh, continue to invite people to come to church. I think it's important that we do that. Hey, 303-690-3000 is the uh, call-in number. we got a couple open lines. The text line is 720-336-0897. Let's go to Heather in Colorado Springs. Hi, Heather. Hi. Thank you for calling. Thanks for having me. You so, uh, my question is in regards to genera generational curses. Um, my dad, I can't remember the exact term of like 
like his beliefs, you know, like the name it and claim it, um, you know, so anyways, and, um, he just sent me something the other day on like breaking generational curses and being the head, not the tail. And, um, and it also came up in our, uh, one of our ladies meetings, um, of whether or not like that still is a thing. You know, um, there are those, and it's been around for a while, the doctrine of generational curses. And for the sake of our listeners, is and, and tell me if this is, Heather, if I'm right on this, but generational curses is where because your father or grandfather or great-grandfather maybe was involved in alcoholic or um, adultery or some sin, that now that curse goes from generation to generation to generation. And I believe that they'll try to back it up with, um, for example, Exodus chapter 20, where the Lord given the Ten Commandments. uh, He says, For I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God, visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children to the third and fourth generations of those who hate me, but showing mercy to thousands of those who love me and keep my commandments. So they take that and they say, See, God visits it the iniquity of the fathers to the children to the third and fourth generation. Um, But they're not really looking at the verse carefully. To those who hate me. What God is saying is, as he gives his Ten Commandments, is that that this, you know, sin is sin, um, and God's word is true from generation to generation to generation. And he says that, you know, it's iniquity. Today there are churches that say, well, you can live any way that you want. You can live in any kind of, um, you know, lifestyle. You can do whatever you want. Uh, God is love. But we know what God's Word declares, that there is sin. And when God's Word says that, you know, a certain lifestyle, a certain action, whatever the case may be, is sin, then that is sin from generation to generation to generation. The problem with generational curses is that the whole premise is that because my father or my grandfather or my parents, great-grandfathers had a problem with alcoholism or whatever, then I'm cursed. Jesus took the curse away. And the Bible says that he who knew no sin became sin for us, that we might be the righteousness of Jesus Christ, that he became the curse for us so that we are no longer cursed. He he took the sin upon himself. And that's what the good news of the gospel is, is we are free from all of that. So, right. you know, here's, yeah, here's the thing. He's God the Father. He's not the Godfather. He's not the Godfather, I'm going to get you because of your parents and because of your grandparents. That's not the heart of God the Father. The, the, that curse gets broken when we come to Christ. Now, what our parents did, what our grandparents did, does it affect us? Of course it does. But that's the good news that we want to give to others, that there is freedom in Christ, and the curse is broken, and what the Lord is saying in the Ten Commandments is, I'm going to visit sin from generation to generation and generation. It doesn't matter what culture says. It doesn't matter what society says. If God calls it sin, it is sin. And that's what he's saying in that verse. But they'll take it, and they'll come up with this doctrine of generational curses. And I'm so grateful that I have freedom in Christ, that we have Christ that lives in us to give us the power to live after him. 
and we can be free from all of that stuff. But I can't think of a more depressing uh, message than, well, you're cursed because of what your father did and what your grandfather did. You might recall in John chapter 9 that um, the man who was born blind, we're all familiar with that story. And in John chapter 9, as Jesus passed by, he saw a man who was blind from birth, and the disciples asked him, saying, Rabbi, who sinned, his, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? So generational curses have been around for a long time. They're going, was it because of his parents? Was it because of him he sinned in the womb? Or was it because of the parents' sin? And Jesus said, neither. This man nor his yeah. parents' sin. So Jesus dismisses that thought of generational curses. So I, I do not believe the Scripture teaches generational curses. I know that sin has an effect on us. It, it affects you know our upbringing. But Jesus is the one that brings us freedom. He brings us out of the darkness into his marvelous light. And that's the message that we need to give to others, that you're free from sin. You're free from living in sin. You're free from the darkness. And you're free to live for him because he's given everything to us that pertains to godliness and life in Christ Jesus. And generational curses just take that all away. And it really leaves people hopeless. Yeah. Yeah, and it's frustrating to talk to them <laughs> about it, too. Yeah. So. You just, you just tell right. them, I'm well, free. You. I'm free. I'm, yeah. I belong to Christ. I have the Holy Spirit of God. I can walk in the Spirit so I don't have to fulfill the desires of the flesh. So, Heather, just give him Scripture. Just give him Scripture and let him know of the freedom that you have in Christ, that we're a new creature in Christ, a new creation in Christ. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Don't those verses make sense to you, that that we have freedom in Christ and no longer we're under this generational curses that happen? And um, and it's all broken by the Lord, and uh, we have freedom in Christ. So can I pray for you, Heather? Yeah, yeah absolutely. Father, I pray that you'd help Heather minister to her dad. And, Lord, um, these things come in, and, and it causes confusion, and it brings a sense of hopelessness to people. We are free because when we come to you, all things, uh, old things have passed away. All things become new. And we're a new creation in Christ. Um, we walk in the Spirit. You've given everything to us that pertains to life and godliness in Christ Jesus. So I pray that you give her the wisdom to minister to her dad, uh, the truth of what God's Word has to say. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. amen. God bless you. Thank you. Thanks so much. Have a great day. You too. All right. Hey, we got all open lines right now, 303-690-3000. Just had a call and dropped, so give me a call back, all right? Love to talk to you and um, love to pray with you, love to minister to you, um, love to just encourage you any way that we can. You know, there's there are certain things that come blowing through the church and people get caught up in it, and it, there are those who can twist the scriptures and make it sound like, well, this scripture supports what it is that we're teaching. That's why it's so important that we take the scriptures in context, because I've always said, if you don't have the context, if, if you don't have the text, you have the con. And to keep everything in context, to go through the whole Bible, to keep everything in context. And the message that we have of the gospel is that we're, you know, all things become new. We put everything under the blood of Jesus Christ and we can move forward. 
do we struggle in the flesh? Yes, we can struggle in the flesh. Does it mean that, um, you know, there, there aren't certain things that are difficult for us to, to work through or addictions or things like that? Uh, yeah, that happens because we war against the spirit. The spirit wars against the flesh, but generational curses to say because of what my grandfather did and what he said and what he his actions that I'm now cursed. You know, Jesus, um, we're free. We're uh, we're born again by the Spirit of God. We're not cursed, um, but we have um, a hope of the gospel that comes to us. So. 303-690-3000 is the number to call. The call-in number to text line 720-336-0897. Got all open lines right now. Pray you're doing well. Pray that uh, your summer is going well. Love to hear from you. Any questions you might have or anything that has come up, love to be able to talk to you about the things of the Lord. Go to the God's Word and minister to you. Uh, through the Word of God. We have the certainty of the Word of God. Uh, one of the things that um, that really has been on my heart, how important it is that we continue to be in the Word of God, uh, to grow in the wisdom of the Word of God, because there's a lot of voices that are out there, folks. You know that to be true. I'm thankful that you've chosen to listen to you know, Grace FM and Christian Radio um, to get truth and um, support your local Christian radio station, Grace FM, and uh, we had uh, um, the station operation manager up on Sunday, Kevin. He's such a blessing to me. Uh, all the things that he has to do uh, to get the programs in line, the technology and everything. And um, and so we were praying for him at our three services and uh, very grateful for um, this station being on the air. And uh, those of you listening to Truth and Hope FM or Refuge FM, uh, I know you're grateful as well, but support your local radio, Christian radio station, and very important that we have the voice of truth that is out there. We've got a couple open lines, 303-690-3000 is the call-in number. The text line is 720-336-0897. I am Jeff Figs of Calvary Chapel Greeley in northern Colorado. We're going to go to Denver, where Brent is on line one. Hi, Brent. Hi, Hi Jeff. I uh, just heard your I heard your program just before this show, and you were mm-hmm. talking about Luke twenty three, I believe, uh, on the rapture. I have a friend that is post trib, and uh, he is post trib to the point that it's almost like talking to a Jehovah Witnesses that all they want to convince you is that Jesus is not God. Well, he mm. it has skewed his his eschatological. Uh, understanding, because if you get something like that wrong, then it throws everything else off. And he has said the exact same thing that, you know, he's prepared to go through it, and he's prepared to puff out that chest, and I'm going to be a martyr. And he says, you're just looking for an escape. And I remember a a doctorate of theology said, he goes, you know, you just got to be really stupid to want to go through the 70th week. Uh, Chuck Smith said that if you say uh, that, well, we first have to see the Antichrist rise, the mark of the beast, the signing of the treaty, and the abomination. I can't imagine what, and calling themselves a Christian after the abomination of Daniel, that would be caught unawares. And it seems like pre, I, I, you don't have to defend pre-trib. I know it's right. But could a person be in jeopardy 
because the scripture says, woe unto that evil and wicked servant to say that the Lord delayeth his coming. And I think that's what Chuck was trying to get across, is if you're saying that things have to happen, uh, and of course, he's not preparing for the rapture at any time like I am. He's like, you know, storing up food and things like that. Right. Would you? Right. Would he be considered uh, an evil and wicked servant because of his position, and could he be left behind? Uh, I know, I, I have no doubts that he's born again, but... If he is in sin, just like other sins that are grievous, you could be saved, you could be left behind, but you could also be predestined because the Lord knows the day that you would repent after the rapture, so he's going to be saved. But could he be left behind? And what is your thoughts on on that? Because I seem to be under attack an awful lot. He won't go to a Calvary Chapel church. He says that that Chuck Smith and, of course, who's passed, but you, Ed Taylor— Jack Hibbs, all the Calvary pastors are going to pay a, a heavy price for your pre-trib uh, teachings. Uh, it yeah. almost, to me, sounds like it's like Jehovah Witnesses that I'm dealing with. Well, he's he's pretty intense is what he is. Here, Here's the thing that we need to keep in mind, and um, is those who are in Christ are going to be raptured. It isn't right. that I see that if you believe in the right, you know, um, you know, position on the rapture of the church, I have those that I respect. They love the Lord. They believe in a post-tribulation. They just see the scriptures. They interpret it as, you know, the tribulation saints is the church. Um, so um, they see the Christians going through. They love the Lord. They're serving the Lord. Um, usually what you get today is kind of different, Brent, is that um, there are those who don't believe in the rapture um, or, you know, the rapture really isn't biblical or whatever. That's what I hear more of. It used to be, what position do you take? Pre, mid, post. And it seems like you either believe in the rapture or you don't believe in the rapture. It's just it's just different today. And there are those like, you know, you've heard of Dr. Walter Martin who wrote The Kingdom of the Colts who was the one, a Christian Research Institute, um, that did was the original Bible answer man. He believed in a post-tribulation. He was a very godly man, and mm-hmm. um, but we disagree. So we can disagree on that. What I see in the Bible that Paul says that, that you know, we shall all be changed. He's talking about the Christian who has come to faith. He's talking about the resurrection. Those of us who have come to faith, we have the promise of the resurrection. So i got to leave it there. Um, it is, as I study the New Testament and the thing to, to minister to him is, you know, that there is a difference between the second coming of Jesus Christ and of course the rapture. And I had to study it for myself. Um, and I had to study it. And the more I study it, I was like you, I was more convinced that, um, that the Lord's going to come before Daniel's 70th week. And because of the doctrine of imminency, to look at a time when you do not expect, you know, we know the Lord's coming back at the end of the tribulation period, the seven years. So there's a lot of reasons to, you know, really stand firm with the pre-tribulation rapture. But I would just encourage him to, you know, search the scriptures, show him, you know, why, and maybe you probably have already done this, why you believe in the pre-trib and then just pray with him, you know, pray for him that the Lord will open up his eyes. 
But, you know, I, I've known those. There are some that believe in a pre-wrath. You know, they're convinced of that. And, you know, we can argue till we're blue in the face. But um, I know that, and here's the thing. There are those who say, well, you who believe in a pre-tribulation rapture, that you're, you're just wanting to escape. Well, Jesus said, watch therefore and pray always that you may be counted worthy to escape all these things and come to pass and stand before the Son of Man. Hey, I'm looking to escape. I don't want to go through the tribulation period. I, I have no I problem agree. with that. Yeah. So yeah, guess, anyway, uh, quick question. Look, quick question. Are there you know, two hundred forty-four thousand? Hey, are there yeah. two hundred forty-four thousand? Hey, Brent, we're at break, uh-huh. so just hang on, and I'm gonna come back okay. to you in about ninety seconds, okay? And we'll answer your questions. Okay. Hey, 303-690-3000. Be right back after the break. Welcome back to Calvary Live. Give us a call at 303-690-3000 or text us at 720-336-0897. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Hey, welcome back to the second half of Calvary Live. You just heard those two numbers, how you can be a part of the program. So we invite you to call in or text us a question or a prayer request. I believe we got all full, full lines right now, which is great. So I'm going to go to the to the phone lines and go back to Brent from Denver. We're talking about the rapture of the church. And Brent, you had another question we didn't quite get to or be able to answer yeah. before the break. So you want to repeat that again? Yes, uh, this and this is a dear friend, and I love him to death. I love him, so this is not an issue there. It did it doesn't yeah. cause that kind of strife, but. He has told me that there are two groups of 144,000, and I don't know. Is that correct? No, he, he probably—there's the 144 that are mentioned in Revelation chapter 7, and then they are mentioned again, in, I believe, in chapter 14. So you might ask him, is this, is this where you're getting two groups of them? Um, and that's what he might be interpreting, because the 144,000 are mentioned twice— uh, chapter 7, and then the 12 tribes from the 12 tribes of Israel are mentioned. And, and by the way, those who, you know, we're talking about post-tribulation rapture, that there are those who will interpret that, that that's just believers in general, the 144,000, uh, different than the Jehovah Witnesses, but they believe that's the the general number, totality of believers, and that's why you see believers or the church going through the tribulation period. But then in chapter 14, they're mentioned again. So he's probably thinking that's two different groups. But, you know, you said something that was a real key that I really appreciate, Brent. You love him dearly. Just keep going over the scriptures with him, sharing with him, encouraging him, and um, and, and see what the Lord does with that. And like I said earlier in the show, we make a lousy Holy Spirit, but the Word of God is alive and powerful. <laughs> And, you know, we can reason with the scriptures. And I, I thank you that you care enough about him to, you know, just share these things with him. So, Father, I just pray for Brent. I just pray you help him minister to his friend that he cares for. And, Lord, about these things and that they, Lord, even though he, he can't change his mind on anything, I pray that, uh, Lord, that you would take your word and, Lord, work it in his heart. And that, Lord, that he would come to know the full truth. And, and Lord, that... Um, he believes in you, and, and that's the basis of our salvation. That's the basis of going home to be with you, and that he could just build upon that 
encouraging him in these topics that sometimes uh, we may not agree, uh, but we do agree with the gospel message. And so, Lord, be with Brent. Bless him. And his holiday coming up the 4th of July in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, Amen. Thanks, Let's my get friend. everybody else on. Thank you, Pastor, and we'll talk to you, you later uh, again. Thank you very much. Thank Bye-bye. you. Appreciate you calling. Bye-bye. All right. When somebody hangs up, there's an open line. 303-690-3000 is the call-in number. Let's go to Ivan, who's been waiting patiently, Ivan, in Denver. Good afternoon, Pastor. How are you today? Good. How are you doing? I'm doing well. I just have a quick question for you. I hear this passage mentioned uh, probably two or three times a week on the radio by one of the ministers or pastors, and uh, I have my interpretation of it. Uh, you know, it's, uh, but it's just uh, I'm just not quite clear on it. Um, you know, from the ESV, it's uh, Matthew 16:24. Uh, it says, if anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up the cro- uh, his cross and follow me. Now, I, I have pretty clear understanding of it, denying himself, you know, sacrificing, you know, fasting, uh, you know, praying, uh, you know, but take up the, his cross. You know, what is exactly the cross? You know, my uh, interpretation of that is, you know, my, my uh, you know, my pride, my sins, you know, my deficiencies, you know, putting aside those things and putting those upon the cross. But I'm not exactly sure w- what that means. Yeah, and, and that's a good question because, you know, the cross was, you know, such a extreme means of execution back in those days. And for Jesus to say, if anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. And I think the following verses help us to understand that. He goes on to say, for whoever desires to save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. And what profit is it if a man gains the whole world but loses his own soul? Or what will a man give in exchange for his soul? For the Son of Man will come in glory in the Father and his angels, and then will reward each one according to his works. So, like, you know, Ivan, you said you got to, you know, deny yourself. Jesus had been talking to his disciples um, in these chapters. In chapter 18, he begins to talk to them about, because they're arguing who's going to be the greatest in the kingdom. And he says, listen, you must come in childlike faith, be the servant of all, come in humility, continue in that humility. you got to deny self. The problem is is that there's a lot of people that think that they're saved. Uh, they exalt themselves. They're into themselves. Um, they think that they can save themselves by being religious. Jesus says, no, you need to humble yourself. You need to deny yourself. And as you do that, coming to me is going to take you to the cross. That's how I see it. It's going to take you to the cross and take up your cross and follow after me. And, you know, he is the one that uh, we are to follow. That's the main thing. But it takes us to the cross where salvation is found. And here's the thing. Anyone who comes to the cross has to humble themselves. They got to humble themselves. They got to realize that they are a sinner in need of the Savior. And he kind of explains that. What good is it if you gain the whole world but lose your own soul? Um, and uh, he goes on to say that, um, that uh, you know, um, you need to do that um, denying and then coming, coming to me. And it's like, the rich young ruler that came to him and Jesus said, sell all that you have and come follow me. And he wouldn't do that. He was one that he, 
had many riches. He wasn't willing to give it up. And Jesus, when he talked to the rich young ruler, wasn't telling him that you got to give everything in order to be saved. But there was a problem, and that is that you have a heart problem. You you have your possessions, which are great, or possession your heart, and you need to come get rid of that in a way, deny yourself, and come follow me, and that's going to take you to the cross. So I see it as pick up your cross. Sometimes people say, oh, I got this burden. I got the cross I got to carry, and this cross I got to carry. No, simply coming in humility and saying, Lord, I am a sinner in need of you, the Savior of the world, and I come and allow you to sit upon the throne of my heart as because I need you. I need forgiveness. Uh, I need you as my Lord and Savior, and I'm going to follow after you wherever it is that that takes me. That's how I see that verse. Um, and to to go through the cross of Calvary takes great humility and not, you know, the problem with, you know, a lot of people is they're full of themselves or they have so much confidence in themselves or, you, you okay. know, I, I yeah, can save it, myself. You know, this the way you it's worded, it sounds like it's like a, a something literal, something physical, an, an object, and uh, you know, an emotional object. And that's why I say, yeah. you know, uh, it's my deficiencies, like my pride and my my uh, lack of humility sometimes or my anger. And those are the things that I need to be aware of and attach them to the cross and, and, and be aware of them. And that's why, you know, I was yeah. kind of confused about that. Yeah. And, you know, because we can picture Jesus out in front, you know, uh, of us going, come on, carry your cross, and come on, you can do it, and grit your teeth, and tough it out, and all of this. I, I don't think that's the picture that Jesus is giving. Matter of fact, uh-huh. Jesus never you know, told us to do something that he wasn't willing to do. And when okay. he took his cross, he fell under the weight of it, and it was Simon of Cyrene that, that would help him you know, bear that cross up to Calvary. But you know, Jesus is the one that he is the one that you know, leads us and guides us and strengthens us, it's coming in humility and saying, Lord, I can't do this. I can't do it on my own, and I need you. And whenever that we become puffed up and prideful, like you said, you know, then we begin to do things our own way, and he goes on to say, listen, you can gain the whole world, but lose your own soul. Um, And, you know, he goes on to say, if you desire to save your life, you must lose it. And if you lose your life, you're going to find it. So just die to self. And I think that's a huge message in the church today because we belong in a world where we love to be exalted. We love to be noticed. Even this whole celebrity, you know, Christianity thing is unfortunate. Just die to self. Die to your thing and follow him, and it'll take you to the cross. And then continue to stay there in humility. As Jesus said, come in childlike faith continue to receive, you know, uh, continue in serving others and blessing others. So that's the way I look at it, just kind of a, a overall general view of that. Yeah, I think I was just reading a little bit too much into it. Yeah, but good question. Great question, Ivan. Well, thanks for clearing yep. that up for me. You bet. God bless you. Have a God great you too. holiday weekend coming up. Yeah, 303 303-690-3000 is calling number. Let's go to Rudy in Denver. Hi, Rudy. Hello. How's it going? How you doing, my friend? I'm good, thank you. I'm really good. I just have a, a question on Christians and cussing. I see, uh, you know, I go to church 
And uh, with, you know, many believers, and as soon as we leave, I just hear a lot of cussing, like if we just didn't leave from church. I, you know, I try to not point fingers because I'm not perfect, but I'm not, you know, I, I'm, I don't really, I believe that's kind of like a lukewarm Christian, you know, someone just goes to church and say, I'm good, and, you know, step out into the street, and there's a cuss word because the car's going too fast, you know what I mean, just... Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. And the Bible has something to say about that, Rudy. And, and here's the thing, even what was unfortunate, I remember that a few years back, 10, 15 years ago, there was a popular pastor that, um, you know, that was very popular. A lot of younger guys would listen to him and he would cuss over the pulpit and he was referred to as the, the cussing pastor. I thought it was very unfortunate because that's not biblical. And, um, you know, the model after that was, you know, just uh, not according to Scripture. Paul, writing in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 29, says, Let no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth, but what is good for necessary edification, that it may impart grace to the hearers. So right there it tells us that we are to be ones, no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth. And that would include include cursing or cussing. The book of Proverbs has a lot to say about our speech. Um, our speech is to be seasoned with salt and with grace. It's to be building up and edifying. So it is important for us to consider what it is that we say. And I believe that anyone behind the pulpit, there is no no room for any kind of cursing or cussing or for a Christian. You know, sometimes when somebody becomes a young Christian, that takes a little while for the language to change. But the Word of God says, let no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth. And you might just remind them of that if you have opportunity. Say, hey, brother, um, you know, I, I, I know that um, old habits are hard to break, but this is what God's Word has to say. And to encourage them to speak in a way that edifies and uplifts. And, um, and, and the witness of it, too, Rudy, you know this to be true, is very negative when we talk like the world. That's the thing about Christians. We're not to talk like the world. We're to talk as children of the king, um, of a kingdom that we belong, and to focus on that. And none of us do it perfectly, um, but, you know, corrupt words includes cursing, cussing, um, or anger, uh, words that tear people down, gossip. You know, all that needs to be gone from the Christians, and and sometimes what Christians, they, how they gossip and, or they'll put words over the the social media. They may not be saying it verbally, but in a sense they are when they write it. Uh, we need to be careful. We need to be building up, and we need to be imparting grace to the hearers. Okay, Does that well, help? I guess, I guess if, if if I may, I guess I'm I'm really I really have a problem on you know in in, in my house you know the. The first thing that you see at my door, my wife has a, in our home, we will serve the Lord. Okay, that's, right. that's an indication that we're Christians. You know, when we walk in, you know, family members and friends, they come in and it seems like they have no respect or I don't know if they just don't consider, you know, who we are. You know, I mean, maybe we weren't this a year ago, two years ago, you know, as deep in faith as we were as we are today, right now. Right. But I'm pretty sure it's the transformation in my life personally um, right. has has shown, and you know, I I don't I don't 
I don't cuss. I don't like promote it. You know, I don't try to get into a conversation that promotes cussing. But it's like certain family members, how do I approach them? Just I mean, is it just like as you said? Hey, uh, you know, in our house, we're not going to cuss. You know, we're. Yeah. You know, I mean, and I, just <laughs> yeah. This this is our home. You know, as you know, after Paul writes that is to be a home speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your hearts to the Lord. We give thanks to the Lord. This is a place where the Lord is honored, and you can express that to them. And we just don't talk that way. And, you know, especially if you got kids, you don't want your kids to hear that. And, um, and you know, I was very protective of, you know, my kids hearing things like that. I didn't want them hearing those words. And, and we um, have our son on the right track, and 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 the and the niece that lives with us. I mean, they're in church. And they love it. They love Bible studies during the week that we just do. And yes, I I got to protect them from those kind of. Yeah, yeah, and just you know, just remind them of that. That in our home, the praises of God, the word of God, the things of God are spoken of, and and um, don't want my kids to hear it. And please, if you can respect that, and. Hopefully they'll respond to that. You can do that gently but firmly uh, to family right. members, and you know, because you're responsible what goes on underneath your your roof in your home. And right, so, right, you know, right, yes. Your home should be a sanctuary, and um, and I know that um, you know sometimes people forget that, but you know, respect our home, respect the things that are are spoken of here, and we want to honor the Lord with our home. So. Okay. Hey, well, father, I father. I guess I'm still a little in my way. I want to <laughs> yeah. fire back with the same kind of words, like, you know, just, hey, you know, I'm Don't do that, Rudy. Side. You know, stop that cussing before I get, you know, no, yeah. I'm just uh, messing with that. But, uh, um, yeah. yeah, no, that's, Keep your that's, cool. that's some good direction. That's some good direction. Yeah. And that Let first verse that you said, um, that, that you spoke just before we, uh, before you took, yeah. just right you took the call, what, what, um, what book was that in? Ephesians five twenty nine. Oh, five twenty nine. Okay. And keep reading through the rest of chapter four, um, and then go through chapter right. five, um, and I think it's going to help you, you know, in your home to walk in love, to walk in light, to walk in wisdom. A lot okay. of good stuff there. Maybe a good study for you, Rudy. Yes, and that's that's something that I think we probably do tonight. Okay. Sounds good. All right, Father, I just pray for Rudy. I just pray that you give him wisdom in speaking to his friends and relatives and others that come in, um, that you would just press upon their hearts that Rudy wants to honor you, his family. Lord, just be with him. Um, Be with their family. I thank you for the work that you're doing in their lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks, brother. Okay, we'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye. 303-690-3000. 303-690-3000. Let's go to Baltimore. Naaman. Naaman? Naaman, are you there? Yeah. You're on Calvary Live. Hello, how you doing? I'm good. How are you? I'm fine, yes. My name is Naaman. It's not Raymond, it's Naaman. Yes, um, okay. all I just need is prayer for myself and my family. And, you know, I'm seeking for a home church to go to. Where I can get the true word from the Bible because a lot of Absolutely. these churches is not the same no more. I don't know why. And I've been praying on the Lord and talking to him about that. I, I am a seeking home church and want to get into like a good Bible teaching so I can get a 40 understanding so I can continue my ministry because I do work for the um, work for Medicare, you know, transport people to the doctors in the wheelchair. And that's my passion. And 
I like working with people because I believe that's where God put me at. And I'm really seeking for a home church to get into. I just need prayer for my family. That's all. Absolutely. And I think that's a great prayer request. So I pray for my father, uh, for my brother here. And I just pray that as he prays for his family, that you would bless them, um, that you would guide them as they're looking for a home church. He's looking for a church that um, teaches the Word of God that they can grow in, that they can be encouraged in, that they can have fellowship with other believers. And Lord, um, Navon, that you would just help him just to be able to lead his family in that way and to be used, to use his gifts for your glory. I thank you that he has the desire to take his family to a place, um, to the church where um, he can grow and be used. And Lord, um, I just pray for um, good health for them physically, spiritually, that you would just work in this precious family. I thank you for his call. Lord, I know you want to honor him. And so, Lord, do that work in his life and in his family. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless you. Thank you for calling. God bless you. Thank you, Navon. You too. You bet. That's such a neat prayer request. Uh, You know, and I know that some people have been isolated and still being careful because COVID and things. But as much as you can, be in fellowship. It's so good for us to be in fellowship with other believers. Um, You know, we need to, um, you know, be with other believers as much as we can. And I know that, you know, some are, um, you know, um, aren't able to be in fellowship for whatever reasons. And, um, you know, because of health reasons or whatever. Uh, But as much as we can, uh, to not forsake the assembly of ourselves together. And that's what the commandment is given to us in Scripture. Let's go to Lewis in Lancaster, Pennsylvania. Hi, Lewis. God bless you, brother. Hey, thanks for calling Calvary Live. Um, I got a question about the um, vaccine. Um, my wife works at a hospital, and right now they're trying to mandate her to get a vaccine. And um, I just don't feel like um, I don't feel that like that's for our family right now. And a lot of people mm-hmm. might take the COVID lightly. I don't. I got hit with it real hard in November. Was hospitalized for a while, pneumonia, really? possible blood clot, and um, I see a lot of people pushing for you know, at, and you know, even in my church, you know, people who got vaccinated and always on me like, hey, let's get vaccinated. But my thing is, I asked one person, uh, you know, why did you do it? And they said because it worked. And I asked, well, where was the Lord in that decision? And I've been praying for it a long time. And I, am I wrong to not want to get vaccinated until I get feel like peace from the Lord about getting this vaccine? Yeah. vaccine? And, and that's been a big question among Christians. And there's so many convictions that Christians have. And, you know, for me, I we had um, a, a relative that said, why don't you behind the pulpit push people to get the vaccine? And I won't do that. I believe it's a personal choice a choice that people have uh, concerning their health. And there are some people that have reasons why they don't want to get it, and they've prayed about it, and and they don't have a peace about getting it. And that's their choice. I just encourage people, because people say, you know, should I get vaccinated? You know, don't ask me. You know, go talk to your doctor. Ask questions about it, any questions you might have. But 
Christians have different convictions about it. Other Christians are like, I have no problem getting the vaccine. And so, you know, you mentioned something that uh, was is really important to consider. You said you don't have a peace in your heart about it. And Paul prayed in Colossians chapter 3, Lord, um, you know, may the peace of, of God rule in our hearts. And that word rule in Colossians chapter 3 literally means a baseball umpire. He's going to make the call for you. So in those decisions that we have to make concerning our health, um, you know, that's, be, you know, something that you and your family are going to make. And I'm not one that says, you know, you have to get vaccinated. I know that uh, that is a recommendation and stuff, but, you know, I personally believe in freedom of choice and that people can make their own choice and decisions on that. And they have to go with what their conviction is. Um, and Paul writes about I, that in Romans, you know, that if you don't have faith to do something, then don't do it. And um, and some feel like we're going to trust the Lord, that he's going to take care of us. And um, so it's really your decision. Well, well my, my other, the second half to that question is this, Pastor, because I see a lot of Christians pushing about it. And the more I ask questions, I don't see a lot of people saying, well, the Lord let me to get it. The Lord let me mm-hmm. to get it. Either they're saying the doctor told me or I did it because of my job. They made it mandatory. But right. I thought God was the one that supposed to, and the Word was supposed to, you know, rule over all our decisions. And uh, right. I just feel like right now a lot of people are depending more on the government for, to be their, their healer or their provider than they are trusting yeah. God to be those things. Yeah, and, and and the thing about it is that we should pray about everything. And I know I prayed about it in, in my life, and, you know, I prayed about whether to get it or not to get it. And I asked my doctor questions, and I made a decision based on that and what the Lord was telling me. And I know that for my congregation, that I've talked to people, that they have sought the Lord on it, and they just don't have a peace about getting it. And for different reasons and different health reasons and things like that, I very much respect that. So in our liberty, I think that we should pray about everything and that we should seek the Lord on it. And it's okay to seek those. I'm not a doctor. You know, I, I don't know what, you know, those the answers to those questions that I had. But I got a doctor who I believe gives me very good medical advice and stuff. And that helps with the decision. There's, there's safety in the multitude of counsel. And, and to get that counsel, to get good information. But also, Lewis, there's a lot of bad information that is out there. Um, yeah. and, and that's the thing that concerns me is, you know, those who say, well, if you take the, the vaccine, that you're taking the mark of the beast. And, no, and no, no. This, yeah, I know it's not the mark. I know stuff. that for a fact. But, but to make a medical decision, you know, people do that. Because I pray with people all the time, Lewis. And it's not just a vaccine. It may be treatment for cancer. Um, okay. Some people go different route. They, they're not going to go through the chemo, go through the radiation. They're going to go to um, a different route. And that's the conviction that they have. And I'm not going to come against that conviction. I'm not going to tell them that you have to go through chemo and all this other stuff. So it's not just being vaccinated. It is yeah. making a decision for your health and trusting the Lord and looking to the Lord and, and, you know, going from there. And, um, and that's what we're in. We're in a day right now where, um, you know, we, we all have decisions to make. And I'm very, 
very, very much um, in the camp of it's your decision to make. And uh, I don't talk about it over the pulpit. I don't tell people they have to get vaccinated or, or things like that. I think people can take care of themselves and make their own decisions and informed decisions. Amen. So Amen. I really appreciate that. That, that helped that a lot. And just I would like, like yeah. prayer that for God to lead us in our family and what to make the, his yeah, decision, you know, the right decision that lines up with his will for our lives. Yeah. Father, I pray for Lewis as we end the show that you would guide him and direct him, give him that peace that rules in his heart. And Lord, he's been through COVID. I thank you that you've brought healing to him and that he's over it, but Lord, protect his family. Lord, just help him to move forward in peace, and Lord, with the conviction that you've given to him, and Lord, to, to protect his family and give his family direction on these things, and Lord, that you do want to speak to us. You promise that as we go to you in Isaiah chapter 30, that as we wait on you, that we will hear from you, that this is the way, walk in it, go to the right or go to the left, and I pray this for my brother, for his family, in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank God bless you, Pastor. You, you bet. You. Thanks for calling. Appreciate it. Hey, we're at the end of the show. We're going to hear the music here in just a few seconds. And I want to thank you, everybody, for calling in uh, on today's program. You know, we got decisions to make. And the Lord wants to guide us in those decisions. And so, you know, uh, go to him, pray to him. Uh, and there's safety in the multitude of councils. So, Anyway, God bless you. We had a great show today. Thank you for all who participated. Have a great 4th of July weekend coming up. Again, if you're in the Greeley area, up for the Stampede. Love to see you at 934 service. God bless you. You've been listening to Calvary Live. Tune in next time for prayer and God's Word.